At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 674th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have a couple who are bringing a 365 days a year local food solution to everyone. We're talking with Liz and Lem Tingley on the geodesic greenhouses of growing spaces. Lem graduated from Colorado University Boulder in mechanical engineering and has been working for Colorado-based manufacturing companies for the last 25 years, focusing on his core values, which revolve around efficiency, superior quality, exemplary customer experience, and conscious business practices. Liz graduated from Kennesaw State University with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing and worked in the healthcare industry for over 27 years. She joined the Growing Spaces team full-time in January of 2021, taking on marketing, sales, and human resource responsibilities. In 2018, they acquired Growing Spaces, a Colorado-based manufacturing company making innovative and environmentally friendly products. They were excited to promote sustainable and healthy lifestyles through the manufacturing and installation of Growing Dome greenhouses, which can thrive in any part of the world so that anyone can grow their own local food 365 days a year. Welcome to the show today. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. And I am excited to catch up with you. So I shared a little bit about you. Can you give me some background on how this happened? Yeah. Like you said, I've been working in manufacturing here in Colorado for the last 25 years, kind of unfortunately watching manufacturing decline a little bit in the U.S. and and finding myself working more offshore, uh, Mexico, China, so forth. And unfortunately, back in 2018, I'd been laid off because of a transition to Chinese manufacturing. Kind of went through a little mini midlife crisis at the time and felt like I personally had to do more, uh, watching climate change more for the planet. I had worked in solar power in the past and felt like that was a good move to really look more entrepreneurial in terms of helping people get more renewable in their lifestyle, specifically with solar power. But at the time, you know, I think the Colorado market, especially in PV, was getting a little saturated. Some of the bigger players were moving in and we saw a lot of growth, which is great for Colorado in the solar PV market. So started kind of doing a little more research on what other areas we could pursue in terms of either starting or purchasing a business. And then somehow, Growing Spaces popped up on one of those internet searches. It was a little cryptic what it was, so I had to do a little research to learn more about it. But 
turns out I was working with Liz's brother at the time, kind of brainstorming ideas, just kind of thinking about what we could do. And he'd heard of Growing Spaces. He'd actually been there. He'd met wow. the founders. He'd, he'd been shopping for a growing dome. Probably, I think it was maybe seven, eight years ago now that he was there and just said, this is a great company. This is a great product. You really need to pursue this. So, you know, Liz and I immediately just, you know, called the broker, got on the phone with Udgar and Pooja, who I think you've met. And really just fell in love with them just from that first phone call. So we drove down to Pagosa Springs that next weekend. We'd heard there were other bidders on the on the company. So we felt like we needed to kind of go down there and really see it for ourselves. And we spent the weekend down there with Udgar and Pooja. You know, we walked into a growing dome. I think it was February. So it was about this time of year. And, you know, cold outside, snowy, and walked in and just kind of felt the energy of of the Grow Dome uh, and felt really, you know, felt the energy from Ugar and Pooja. Uh, They just have so much passion, so much uh, love for the product and and gardening, and it just carried over to us and we just got so excited. So, you know, we really just right then and there put a bid on the company and and kind of snuck in line, you know, (laughs) Uh, kind of, you know, we bought the company right then and there pretty much. So the company was for sale when you were looking? Yes, they were looking to retire. They'd been doing it for 30 years Mm -hmm. and just were ready to move on to their next stage of their lives. They were looking for more of a family oriented. The the other bidders, honestly, were probably a little more on the corporate side Mm -hmm. um, and wanted to make some kind of pretty big changes. We agreed that we wanted to keep Pagosa as the home of the company since it had been there for, I think, 25 of those 30 years and, you know, bought the real estate with it and really just made that commitment to keep it in Pagosa and keep it more of a homegrown, family oriented company. And Wow. And your interest in the company when you were standing there, what what excited you about it? The the renewable aspect of it, honestly, the fact that the the domes did have had zero electricity running to them, didn't have any other fossil fuels. And it was such a warm, pleasant environment, just 100 percent on solar power, both the the passive solar aspect of it, you know, direct solar running anything, all the fans and the pumps. And just the pond, I mean, the pond adds so much to the environment, the indoor pond, you know, not only as kind of the thermal mass that that maintains the climate temperature wise, but adds humidity, which we need so much of here Mm. in dry Colorado climate. And it's just a thriving environment for the plants. And you just feel it. It's like walking into a rainforest when you walk into the grow dome because of that extra heat and humidity provided by the pond. And of course, the fish in there, the aquatic plants creates its own little ecosystem. just a, a completely different world than what you get here in the, in the Colorado climate. Yeah. So Liz, why don't you walk me into one of these starting at the front door? What am we going to experience? And then I want to dig in a little bit more how this dome actually works. Right. So you walk in and for me, it's stillness. And that's actually what we named our company is Growing Stillness. It is just so peaceful. It's quiet. You got the waterfall going. You got all the plants. And you're just there. You're just living. You're just being. That's what draw me to the actual product and what I fell in love with it as well. But yeah, you got sun everywhere, right? So it's a geodesic shape. So you have sun coming in throughout the entire day, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You got the water source, the waterfall, the plants are thriving. 
a chance to get your hands in the dirt. And so even in the wintertime, you have the snow. It's so, so the only loud noises is when the snow is just falling off, you know, all of a sudden you may jump. Right. But the snow just slides right off of, of the growing dome. And it is just so, again, peaceful stillness. Everything loves it. We've heard stories over and over where they take their plants that they've had outside that have not been thriving. They put it in the growing dome and within a few weeks, it is, you know, six feet tall. So Mm -hmm. it's a great environment, great environment for beans and also for plants. Right. So we've mentioned the, the pond a couple of times, and this is a unique piece of the growing dome. Tell me how it works. Uh, so it is primarily used as a thermal mass. So it's it's above ground, uh, about four feet high. Uh, we build it out of sheet metal so we can make sure that we are transferring energy both in, into and outside of the pond. Uh, we'll always paint that sheet metal a dark color so it attracts the sun. It's, it sits on the north side, always on the north side of the greenhouse, and it's surrounded by what we call reflectix insulation. So in the winter time, when the sun's low on the horizon, that insulation acts kind of like a satellite dish and focuses the sun's energy into the pond to heat it up during the day. And then at night when the sun's down or when it gets cloudy, it's emitting that heat and humidity back out into the dome. And we do add some ventilation, some fans to kind of assist with that thermal transfer but it really just is kind of the focal point. And then in the summertime, that same insulation is actually shading the sun when it's high on the horizon and helping keep the pond cool and then keeping the dome cool as a result as well and using kind of that evaporative cooling effect to cool the dome in the summertime. Wow, so we get the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. It heats in the wintertime and cools in the summertime. Right. Yeah. And we kind of reverse the fans as well to kind of assist with that thermal transfer uh, in both directions. And how does this run without electricity? (laughs) So uh, the fans are, are active solar. We do have PV panels that ship with the kit. At this time, it is just direct. We don't have any battery backups or anything like that. So that's why we reverse the fans. Is the fans are going to be running in the daytime when the sun's getting hot and blowing cool air from behind the pond where it's shaded back into the dome. But in the wintertime, we reverse that. So the hot part of the dome in the sun on the south side is now blowing through all your garden beds so that we do kind of a serpentine corrugated pipe under your bed. So it's not only heating the pond, but it's also heating the soil on the perimeter. And then the soil also acts as a thermal mass in your greenhouse. Um, Wow. So you're also burying pipes underneath the greenhouse. Yes. Yeah. Tell me me more about that. How's that work? Underneath the beds. So some of our customers use what's called a climate battery, where they actually do excavate under the greenhouse and then use the soil and the dirt under the greenhouse as another uh, thermal mass. Our system, our base system is a little simpler where it's just under the garden beds. So you're using, it's about two foot deep garden bed, the soil in your beds as a thermal mass. And more of the northern climates, they're the ones kind of doing the full climate battery underneath the greenhouse. But I call it kind of a mini climate battery in in the garden beds. Just for clarity, a climate battery is you're basically burying a pipe in the ground Mm -hmm. and using the ambient temperature of the ground to heat and cool? Not only the ambient temperature, but you're heating that as well with the passive solar energy from the sun and then pulling that heat back out again at night to use that extra energy. 
Don't you love how nature works? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, the sun provides so much for us, so right? uh, we might as well utilize, utilize yeah. it as much as possible. And benefits of growing domes over traditional greenhouses, Liz? So I mentioned it earlier. So the geodesic shape, right? So you get that evenly dispersed sun throughout the entire day versus uh -huh. a rectangular one. You'll have some hot and cold spots, right? Because mm. you'll have that shape. The other is when. So we get a lot of questions about when, especially here in Colorado. So when just glides right over that geodesic shape versus a rectangular, you're more likely to have potential damage if you have over 100 miles per hour wind, which we do here in Colorado. The other is, I know. <laughs> so it's rated, it's prorated for 115 miles per hour wind, but we get wind out here over 100 miles per hour. We're right off the foothills here in Golden, Colorado. So it's, oh. it's crazy windy. Oh, um, and then, yeah, the snow, as I said earlier, the snow doesn't pile up and just stay on top. It just naturally slides off during the day. So it's many benefits to the geodesic shape. And it's beautiful. I got to say, it's, it's actually just, it's beautiful. They are stunning looking. That yes. is for sure. That's what caught my eye when I started looking for a greenhouse six or seven months ago. And once I landed on your website, I didn't go anyplace else. It's like, I want to know all I can know about these. Yeah. And our customers love to use lights. So they'll light them up at night and you'll have purple lights, pink lights. So it's, it's actually, yeah, it's quite beautiful. It's like art. Yeah. Nice. And what I've noticed in all the videos I've watched and in a lot of the videos I've watched and the research I've done is that the beds inside of the greenhouse are raised. Tell me about that and why that's the case. Yeah, we can't always guarantee the quality of the soil underneath the greenhouse, although we do recommend that you don't use a cement pad, that you still have the ability for your plants and specifically trees to root down beneath the beds. But the quality of the soil is really a key aspect to, to growing healthy organic plants. So we're, we, we source here right. in Colorado, we source from only organic soil providers. And then we always recommend out of state to, to find the best quality soil. You can still use, you know, it's a two foot bed. So you can use, still use more fill dirt on the bottom one foot, but always good, healthy, organic soil on the, on the top one foot of the bed. And then always supplement, use organic nutrients uh, to keep that environment very organic and healthy. I'm going to take an opportunity here because you opened the door just a little bit <laughs> to teach something. Are you familiar with something called Hugel culture? Yes. Yes. A lot of our customers are using that and yeah. post some great pictures of what they're doing with that on our website or on our Facebook page. Cool. Well, you, you said fill up the half of it with dirt. What mm -hmm. I've suggested for years for people to do is take either logs and fill up the bottom half of your beds with logs or wood chips. Right. You know, just fill up, you know, it, it's nothing to put 18 inches of woody mulch in the bottom of a garden bed and put eight inches of good soil on top. And, you know, over the course of the next year to 18 months, you get amazing soil in those beds. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it just demonstrates that ecosystem, right? That it is living organic matter and yeah. it's just going to continue to, to compost and mm -hmm. evolve into really healthy soil. Yeah. Um, compost is also a big piece of it where we try to do some videos on composting specifically outside of the greenhouse and be able to use that compost and, and use the waste from your day-to-day -day life. Nice. Now that you're part of the local farming movement and you dived in because of the work that you guys did, and then we just got to meet here about three or four months ago, what have you learned about the movement? 
Oh, we've learned so much. I mentioned that really I wanted to get more involved in climate action, uh, climate justice through solar power, but being with growing spaces, we've learned so much also about food equity and local mm. farming and that, you know, just not only are there food deserts out in the, in the desert desert, but there's food deserts in urban communities as well. And that really a lot of people uh, in urban communities don't have good access to healthy organic food. So through our work, you know, and seeing more of our domes go up in, in urban environments, we've learned that this, these domes are providing uh, access to fresh, healthy, organic food in inner city communities. So we wanted to kind of help that through our own grant program and try to help provide more of our growing domes in inner city communities for, for lower income communities that don't have a natural grocers or uh, even a CSA in their community where they can get local vegetables. And what we've seen from that is not only is it providing healthy organic food, but it's also helping to build more community in those areas. You know, we've seen them built on what used to be community gardens that just kind of went into in disarray. And, you know, these organizations that you've heard from are building, rebuilding those community gardens and then able to provide that year round through the growing dome. So that's right. what we're most excited about through our grant program. But we're also trying to work with, with native communities as well. Our first grant winner was actually Navajo Nation, a ginormous food desert, just, you know, little access to organic food, water. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we're, we're trying to assist with those communities as well. Nice. So we've talked with Eric. Eric is out of Detroit. Eric is yeah, out and of his, his story is amazing. You know, he, he lived in a neighborhood and went to college and decided to go back to that same neighborhood and bring the community together. So mm -hmm. that's what Lem said. It's not just bringing healthy organic food closer to your door. It's bringing the community together and creating a safe place as well. So, yeah. Well, and I noticed that with, with Eric, with Bowen Wallace and with Andrew, that they're community organizers and they're kind of bringing the community together to a safe place. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And teaching the younger, you know, folks of, of the importance of eating healthy, but how do you actually garden? How do you get your hands in the dirt, right? How do you grow your own food? Mm -hmm. And, you know, training them on skill sets that would be helpful throughout their whole lifetime, right? And they will pass it down to their children. So it's it's an awesome, yeah, I know, right? it's awesome. I started gardening because with my mom's help when I was 14 years old. Awesome, yep. And here we are 45 years later, and this is what I do every day now. Right, right. So we talked about those three organizations, but what I want you to do is dig in and look at the landscape of the people that have bought domes and tell me that story, the story that when you hear it, you maybe tear up a little bit and it's one that says to you, oh my gosh, we are doing the exact right thing. You got one of those for me? Yeah, I mean, we're what I'd say is our, our customer base is extremely diverse. Uh, we, we sell to everybody across the country, different political views, different backgrounds, whether they have gardening experience or not, but everybody kind of shares the same passion for being more sustainable, more self-sufficient, you know, really just getting to that point, the core basic of getting your hands in the soil and growing your own food. Schools, we sell to a lot of schools, and that's exactly what they're teaching. They're bringing the students in, getting their hands in the dirt, learning the basics of gardening, where your food comes from. But our customers are doing that as well, getting back to those roots of being able to grow your own food and not relying on the grocery store. So I think that's the common denominator amongst all our customers is really mm -hmm. just getting back 
back to the basics of gardening, healthy gardening, organic gardening. Well, and having control of your food source. So that's that's a big piece. You know, when you do do hear news pieces about E. coli outbreak or something going on, or you walk into your grocery store and the the shelves are empty because there's a pandemic going on, right? Right. People want to be able to provide for their family and they want to be be able to provide healthy food. So we see that movement really going strong right now across the nation and also internationally as well. So we do get calls internationally, which is which is interesting. But going back to your question about what brings a tear to my eye, it is Bo and Wallace. So and I know you've already spoken to them, but Lim and I actually went, we met them in person, we helped build the dome for them. And it was actually in the projects, Ward 7, Washington, DC, you know, and it it was amazing seeing the, the neighbors come out and help and learning about their stories of maybe not having a father or a mom or losing their family members to violence. Mm-hmm. And they're here helping us build a dome, not getting paid, but building a dome for their community. It was eye-opening for me. And that, and I just I can't thank them enough because I learned so much from them. So that that was that was awesome. Wow, thank you. And thinking back on our on our interview, I, I got that energy. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. So tell us about your grant program. So yeah, we have a grant program once a year. And I think this is the third year that we, we've had it. And we are looking for, a, you know, areas in the communities, inner cities where they're struggling from a community perspective, but also like Lynn said, they used to have gardens outside. They used to have community farming, local grow, growing there, but now it's no longer there, right? We want to bring that back to these neighborhoods. And so that's what our focus has been for, for this year. And we're hoping to announce the winners soon. You know, every year is a little bit different, you know, hoping we can provide one dome to a grant winner, you know, maybe two, we'll see. We want to meet these people in person and help them make sure that they're going to thrive with the dome, not only just the structure, but they also have you know, the dirt, the soil, the beds, and we are still communicating with the grant winners even today. So next year we may focus on something different, but it's just, we, we love the product. We know it brings a lot of joy to people and whatever we can do to help people get healthy food and bring communities together. That's, that's one of our goals. Wow. And you do this once a year. We do this once a year. Yeah. As long as we're able to to keep going strong and whatever we can do to give back, that's one of our passions. And that's one of the reasons we also bought this company is that we want people to be able to grow their food, but we want to give back too. So we're, we're excited about the program. And this is a pretty big give back, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> yes. According to our accountants, yes, it's very big. <laughs> so. so I just want to really focus on that right. for a minute because the growing domes, it's quite an investment. It, it, it has is. quite a payoff, but you are actually donating one a year. Yeah, we've done two a year, one or two a year, just depending on how things are going. We're hoping to do two this year as well. The sizes vary. It's based on the need of the grant applicant of what what size they actually want and how much space they have. But mm-hmm. it's that plus it's our time because we usually will send a crew or Lim and I and our kids will go and, and help build it, right? And, you know, and sometimes we show up and, and they need other supplies. So we're willing to help, you know, purchase the ladders, whatever we need to do to make sure we can get the dome built mm-hmm. and that they're successful. So yeah, and part of it is really, I mean, our sales have grown as a result of the pandemic. We feel that that kind of did instill right. some fear in people. And mm-hmm. and we know not everybody's 
has benefit, you know, most people have not benefited from the pandemic. So we wanted to kind of give back in that way to the communities that may have suffered because of the pandemic and that we wanted to give back in that way. So that's why we, you know, we don't know what the future will hold. So we want to continue to give back at, at, as we can based mm -hmm. on the growth of the company. Nice. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you guys are ever building one in the Asheville area, North Carolina area, I'll come out and help build. I would love <laughs> to learn how to build one of these. Awesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. I know we've had a couple sales in North Carolina this year, but we'd have to look at the installation <laughs> schedule to see when those are, are going up. But we do have one in North Carolina at Elida Community Garden, and yep. uh, we're excited to uh, put that in our newsletter as our Dome of the Month this month so, you, so our customers can learn more about that, that great organization. Nice. And what is your ultimate goals for growing spaces? Our goal has always been to, to enable backyard gardeners, schools, community gardens to grow 365 days out of the year, no matter where they live. So that's how we're growing the company, both from a marketing standpoint, sales, but also a technology standpoint. We're trying to incorporate more options onto the product that really optimize the growing environment regardless of where you live mm -hmm. uh, off grid as well so you're not uh, pulling electricity so we're adding more options like like swamp coolers dehumidifiers grow lights we will get to the point where we're adding uh, batteries to the system so you can run at night or when it's cloudy so that's how we're trying to grow it so it really is an effective environment for all climates because right now it really is optimized for colorado and then you have to add certain things depending on uh, what climate you're in uh, including north carolina so that's really what we're hoping to grow as well as like liz said internationally and we do have a partner right now arctic acres up in canada who, who's handling that environment but we'd like to expand into Europe, Australia, other areas that, that really there's no other options. You know, we get a lot of phone calls from people in other countries say this does not exist in our country, but shipping becomes cost prohibitive. So right. we're looking to try to find partners in other, other countries as well. Well, and that's how I found you guys was I stumbled across the Canadian group. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Have some great YouTube videos up. They've done a really good job marketing uh, up there as well. Nice. And you mentioned materials and the specialty technologies that you use in this. What is special about the materials that you use? Our materials are sustainable. Uh, we do cho choose lumber as our core structure just because it's more sustainable, more recyclable. Uh, the polycarbonate we do use uh, for the glazing is recyclable. I think Ugar did a great job in designing the original six sizes of domes around the size of sheets that we get. So we really do minimize scrap and any other scrap that we do get, we're, we're using around the door and the fans and we use very little scrap when it comes to the polycarbonate. Hold on. So what you're telling me is that this Ugar designed this dome to be most efficient in using materials? Correct. Yes. Yeah. At the time, wow. uh, the sheets that he was getting were either four foot wide or six foot wide. And so he designed the shape of the dome to match that footprint, right? So the triangles are cut from that exact width. Uh, and of course, triangles kind of made up. So it really worked well. We've added, based on our growth, we've been able to custom make a five foot width too, because he was kind of doing what we call tip taping at the time to take those intermediate sizes. But now we're able to get custom widths as well to further minimize scrap. Wow, cool. Anything else about the materials? 
Yeah, the, like I said, the kit comes with PV and then all the fans that we use are able to run on 12 volts. You can upgrade to electric fans if you do have electricity, but the core kit is designed to be 100% off-grid. And I would just say we have vents, so vents that automatically open with beeswax, which I think is just <laughs> so fascinating awesome? to me, right? right? I'm like, it's beeswax. So when your dome warms up, you know, it automatically expands in there in the piston and then the vent automatically opens up. So some people are just amazed at like at that, which I am one of those folks. <laughs> um, so that's one of the other things. We have these automatic vents. So you don't have to be in there, you know, manually opening it up when it gets too hot. It automatically does it for you. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Yeah. That's Lamb. That's Lamb's question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's a tough one. Liz and I have always kind of been fans of the fail fast methodology, right? Right. So fail fast so you can pick up, learn from your stakes, and move on. I think I just go back to my experience in, in, in corporate world, right? I think I had a really good career. But at the end of that, when I did get laid off, I kind of felt a little bit unfulfilled, right? What had I really accomplished in that mm. 25 years that I spent in corporate corporate world? So I really felt like, you know, kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe I could have done something earlier in my career to kind of help build a company, build a sustainable company. Like you said, build a company with conscious business practices, which maybe I didn't always experience in, in the corporate world. So I kind of came out of that experience feeling a little empty um, with, mm. with, with that time. So yeah, in some ways I wish, you know, it was a good experience because at the time Liz was still working and we have a family and kids are getting ready for college. So the financial aspect was always there. But in many aspects, I wish I had kind of failed sooner and, and started this business or started a sustainable business earlier in my career. Wow. Yeah, that's always a thing to have to look hard at. It's like, is what I'm doing? And that's really a big part of the reason I asked this question and do this podcast is because I like to showcase people that we're doing something that wasn't fulfilling for them. And now look, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. You know, you guys, from what I can see, having watched you for the past six months, you are lit up about <laughs> this company and what you're doing. Right. Yeah. No, it has been extremely fulfilling these last four years. It's just been, it's been stressful at times. Yes. But it's been, at the end of the day, we know we're doing the right thing. We know we made the right choice. Yeah. Well, and welcome to stressful when you run your own business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I guess it's, it's stressful when you're working for somebody else too. Yeah. In a different yeah, way, right? A different way, exactly. Yeah. And Lem, what do you consider your biggest success? Yeah, I mean, I would just have to say our family, right? It's just, you know, this, that's the one thing that's been stable for the last 25 years is, is my wife, our three three beautiful boys, our, our two dogs. It's just been amazing life here in Colorado. Just enjoyed every minute of it. And and I don't know where I'd be without without my family. Awesome. And Liz, what drives you? What drives me? Well, people drive me. So I'm a nurse, right? Mm. In my heart. So I'm always wanting to take care of people, but I'm always, even in the corporate world, and I say corporate, I mean, not all of it's bad. I've had no, a really positive experience as in healthcare in the corporate world and learned a lot. But I love being there for a team and helping people achieve what they want to achieve, making mm -hmm. sure they're getting value from their job, from their day-to-day -day stuff. And, and what drives me with this, with this company growing spaces is not only the team, which is fantastic, a wonderful set of 
talent and skill set and dedication, just love our team, but also the customers, you know, want to make sure that we're bringing the best product to them. So just making sure I'm doing my part to help others. If I can bring joy to other people or just a smile, <laughs> that, that gets me up. So, well, and I tell you, that's been my experience because we've been working together on, on this project to get it set up for about six months. And I look forward to connecting with you. Oh, thank you. you know, That's awesome. It's, it's fun. Well, you know, we've developed our company atmosphere to have fun. And mm-hmm. when we do events, it's it's almost like it's Christmas. People are showing up to get their presents. Right. 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 Yeah, so we just actually had a customer say that in an email. It, it feels like Christmas. She was so excited. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Well, if you can see my my tower of books behind <laughs> us. Um, so I love Eckhart Tolle in, in his book. Mm. So A New Earth or The Power of Now, that that to me is is connects to me of just just being, right? And just enjoying every day, just breathing, taking time to pause and be still and find joy in everything that you do. So to me, yeah, A New Earth was was definitely one of those books I can't put down. So yeah, excellent. And Lem, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Yeah, we just got out of the Denver Home and Garden Show, and, and we we talked to a lot of, I would say, inexperienced gardeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always just say, take take the first step, right, to, to living a more healthy, organic lifestyle. You know, find a local CSA that's sourcing from local farms, uh, local organic farms, and sign up for a food share, or go to your local farmer's market, or, you know, start your outdoor boxes, your backyard garden, just grow something, grow your favorite vegetables out there give it a give it a try you know obviously the sooner you eat the food off the vine the more nutritious it's going to be and the better tasting it's going to be so just to have that experience but i would i would gather your listeners are a lot more experienced uh mm-hmm. so i think i'd just say take that next step right i think when yeah. we do talk to experienced gardeners here in colorado they're just always frustrated by the short growing season they love growing, they love gardening, but that first hailstorm comes in and, and their garden's destroyed. So that's when we start talking about the benefits of the, the growing dome and be able to grow year round and, and have that experience 365 days of the year. So that's really kind of the next step when it comes to experience uh, gardeners is, is getting a greenhouse, a sustainable greenhouse where you can grow all year round, eat organic, healthy food all year round mm-hmm. um, in any climate. So that's, that's really kind of the next step for more experienced gardeners, but not to say beginner gardeners can't do it. It's just going to be a little bit more of a learning curve when it comes to growing in a, in a grow dome uh, when you're a beginner gardener, but we're, we're here to help you every step of the way. We got a lot of blog content. We got YouTube content and our Facebook groups are just full of, of great knowledgeable gardeners who've been growing in grow domes. And we encourage new gardeners to, to join those Facebook groups even before and after they get the growing dome to learn more about organic gardening uh, in a greenhouse. Well, so a couple things. Number one, I can't tell you how many people come to me after years of listening to what I I share and they say, oh, I finally did it. <laughs> exactly. And I want to ask them, well, what was stopping you? And like you said, it's, it's an investment. It's a project. Yep. Uh, it is a commitment, but you are going to thank yourself once it's done because it is going to pay off in, in spades. Right. Well, that's both for gardening and for a grow dome. So we'll get to the right. grow dome in a minute, but I'm talking specifically in gardening and, you know, people are just stopped and even putting 
basil on a windowsill. Yeah. That's a good first step. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and home, there's, there's an influx of home hydroponic kits too. Or some of our neighbors have bought those and just, you can grow year round just with a, a hydroponics tower. And it's just amazing to see that life sprout out of those, those towers. So that's a good first step as well. Yeah. I actually have a uh, tower garden, which is a, they call it aeroponics, but it's like hydroponics growing mm-hmm. system. And for us here in Phoenix, it's a different game. Right. We can't, we can grow all winter, but in growing in the summer's hard. So I actually bought a light kit for my tower garden and brought it inside. So -hmm. then we grow greens all summer. Okay. Right. (laughs) And we could, we could do the same thing like in a hot environment here with the grow dome, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, we would incorporate probably a swamp cooler. We do have a source for uh, solar-powered swamp coolers that you can use to help keep it cool in the, in the summer. Oh, nice. Let's talk about your grow domes for a little while. Like, how does somebody get one and where are they good for? So we just distinguish that they're good for really cold climates. and They're good for really hot climates. Does it work everywhere in between? Yeah, and the only caveat would be really humid climates. We might recommend a dehumidifier in there, but that's, yeah, that's really the only other climate that we would be concerned about. But like I said, like if you're far, far north, like I said, our partners in Canada, they, they would probably incorporate grow lights uh, because they're not getting a lot of sun in the wintertime. And then mm-hmm. maybe a different heat source, either a full climate battery or just even just a propane uh, tank in there to with a thermostat to heat it when it gets when it gets super super cold. Yeah. And I would just or, add in the hot climates, you know, you just need to grow things that have vines, right? So you want to block and create some shade oh, in your dome, right? So of course. you have that vertical growth. So you want to do some vines going up your tomatoes, your cucumelons, your cucumbers, and so that will help. We also provide a shade cloth and also having a big tree in the middle. So having a big tree in the middle, like a big tree does awesome. So you just got to, you know, depending on where you live, if it does get hot, you need to create some extra shade and just be conscious of what you're growing because it will get hot in the summertime, but there definitely is ventilation, shade cloths and different things that you can do to control that. And the plants also add that transpiration aspect, not only the shade, but I always attribute it to like, if you're mountain biking in a field and you just go screaming into a forest, you just feel that humidity just hit your face. But that's just the transpiration from the plants also acting as an evaporative cooler inside your dome. So some some customers struggle with that very first season where they don't have growth. But once they get that tree planted, once they get those vines up on trellises, that's really going to help cool, cool your climate. So this is when somebody walks into a grow dome, this is a like a whole environment of itself. Mm-hmm. It is. You could have the fish in the tank, right? Which is mm-hmm. amazing, which then you use that water to irrigate your plants. You have the sense of the flowers. I mean, you can have citrus in the wintertime if you want. You just may need to add some supplemental heat. So you can do whatever you want inside the dome in, in terms of what you want to grow. And, and it is its own system. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Customers have done some really amazing things with their, their greenhouses. And we always try to post those pictures up on our website and on our blogs and on the Facebook pages. So it's really just inspirational to see what our customers are doing. So the magnitude of these domes, I actually walked into a, is it a 32 footer? You got 32 footers, right? 33. Yeah, 32 footers. And you walk through this little door and it kind of opens up. How, so a 32 foot is 32 feet in diameter. How tall is it? That one I want to say is around what? 17 feet, I think tall. 
It's the largest, the 42 foot is 17 feet tall. So the 33 is probably a little bit smaller than that, probably around 15 feet, but it is enormous <laughs> and it's all open space, right? So it's just, it's- And you can, you can grow levels. A lot of customers do their starts on that second level, as long as they're not blocking sun to their lower beds. They'll build decks above the pond to create maybe a living space up there or another growing space. So the bigger domes, the 26 up to the 42, a lot of people are using that second level as either grow space or extra living space. You know, I saw a picture of that on your website and it's like, I told Heidi, oh my God, I want one of those. <laughs> that would be so cool to have a greenhouse and a deck above the, above the pond and go up there and read and have dinners and just, you know. Yeah, we have people do yoga. Sometimes they, they have, you know, less plants and more actual living space as well. Uh -huh. So it's because it is just such a nice environment just to just to be in. So it's pretty cool. So what sizes of domes do you have? We have six sizes uh, ranging from 15 foot all the way up to the 42 foot. We found that most of our, our backyard gardeners are in the 22 or 26 foot range. The 26 has been our biggest seller by far this year. Same reason, right? It'll give you plenty of growth space, but then maybe get a little extra space for a patio table, a yoga mat, extra living space. So you really can relax inside your dome, read a book, eat your lunch right off the vine. So uh, that's what we've seen customers really gravitate towards the 26. The 33 and the 42 are really what's going into schools, community gardens, commercial applications. But we do have some customers just say, hey, go big or go home. And they go straight to the 42. <laughs> right. Well, so for me, the reason I started looking for a greenhouse was in this move from Phoenix to Asheville. You know, I've been in hot weather all my life and mm -hmm. it does get cold and snow in Asheville a little bit. And so what I was interested in is having an outdoor indoor space for the wintertime. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, right. a place a place that I can go and be outside because they in Asheville gets three to four inches of rain a month. Mm -hmm. We get three to four inches of rain a year. Well, uh, we get a little more than that. But so, uh, you know, I was looking for a an indoor-outdoor living space and people are doing that with them, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a great living space. As I said, yoga or having dinner or glass of wine, you know, I mean, it's it's beautiful, especially in the wintertime. Absolutely. Awesome. And so I want one. How do I get one? Well, you can visit our website at growingspaces.com, or you can email us directly at info at growingspaces.com, 1-800-753-9333. We do answer the phone. We, we are very against all the voicemail prompts, although, you know, sometimes it goes through, but most of the time, nine, eight to five, we're, we're answering the phone because we love our customers and we realize, again, it's a big project. We're going to try to answer as many questions as we can before you make that purchase. Well, and you have a big crew there, don't you? Yeah, we have about 25 employees between wow. our, our sales and marketing teams, our production teams, and then we have a couple installation crews as well. So you can't, about 75% of our customers are assembling the kit on their own. It is color-coded, pre-cut, pre-drilled, everything's to size. So it really is easy to put together up until that 26-foot dome. So about 75% of our customers are doing what we call self-installs. But if you're not hands-on, you, you don't feel like you have the skill set to do it, you can hire our crews to come out and build it, or even just one of our supervisors to assist your crew and really just show you how it's built. And then you can still get hands-on, but you don't have to you know, read through all the instructions and watch the videos <laughs> to learn 
learn how to build it. So that's a good compromise. So I do, uh, I'll tell you that I have an alternate thought here about coming and helping you build one. <laughs> because if I get to come in North Carolina area and help you build one, then I get to learn, then I can build my own. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are the top three or four reasons somebody should buy a grow dome? Besides they're incredibly cool. <laughs> they are incredibly cool. Like, I mean, and that's like Fonzie cool. Although, <laughs> although they are cool in the summertime with their ventilation. Right, right. <laughs> really, I mean, the geodesic shape has so many benefits. The strength of it, uh, the snow loads, hail, wind, you get so much strength benefit. I mean, this really evolved right out of Buckminster Fuller's designs in terms of really the most efficient structure in terms of strength. But the shape of it, I mean, it really just follows the sun. Like Liz said, it's you're going to get even sun on your plants throughout the day as well as throughout the year, just based on the spherical shape. I mean, we're, we're on a spherical earth after all. <laughs> so it really gives you that ability to have a great growing environment 365 days out of the year. And I think that would be the second reason is it does give you the ability to grow healthy organic food year round with minimal extra fossil fuels. But the beauty of it would be number number three. I mean, we're always kind of, I would say, fighting with HOAs because it doesn't have that rectangular shape that matches your house. But then when you take a step back and look at the beauty of it, both the outside and the inside, that's when we're really able to get it through the HOAs and say, hey, not only you know, do I have the ability to grow healthy organic food for my family year round, but it really is a, a beautiful structure um, that fits in with, with my landscape. Well, Eric, in, in our chat the other day, talked about how people stop by and you know they're amazed at this dome that they're putting up and it's like what's it for <laughs> so yeah, it is exactly. it is striking looking yeah it is yeah i remember building that one because it's right there on a pretty busy street we did we got a lot of people just pull over right as we're building what is that what's it gonna be and then they were so excited to come back once it was completed and see the inside and see what 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 really it was for so the ultimate dream of an entrepreneur, I am one, I've been self-employed for 45 years, is to actually have a business that I create that I can hand off to somebody that they can continue growing. And I'm so excited for you both to have been past this ball and you have solidly in four years taken it and you're running with it and you're turning it into everything that Ugar and Pooja had hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. I'm in the process right now of passing off the urban farm, the place that I've lived for 32 years, that's an old growth organic food forest to a family that is going to take it and do their own thing with it. But that is just an amazing thing when that can happen. And so kudos to you. Good on you guys for taking the ball and running with it. I'm just so proud of you. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we just are, are we're just blessed to have, have been able to learn from Ugar and Pooja. They built just such an amazing company over those 30 years. They were really, you know, on the front end of, of the internet and the front mm -hmm. end of Facebook, you know, before it really became to be what it is today. They were in there early, even in the small town of Pagosa Springs. They were very forward thinking when it came to the future of the company. And, and I think of everything that we've done. I mean, it's things we talked about that very first weekend that we met them in Pagosa. And I, I really do feel we're, we're carrying their torch. Nice. What an awesome legacy for you to receive and for you to continue in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on the show today. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank oh, you, you for everything you're doing to promote sustainable organic gardening. Oh my gosh. It's, I, you know, I, my listeners know this is the most important thing we need to be doing right now, figuring out where our food comes from and how to grow our own. Right. Right. Yeah. So bring, bring it, bring it local. So we have two more things here real quick. First of all, uh, there is a discount for somebody that listens to the podcast. How do we do that? Right. So 5% discount. So if, if you reach out to Growing Spaces it, at info at growingspaces.com or call us, let them know that you actually heard about us through the Urban Farm podcast and you'll get that 5% nice. for the kit, for the dumb kit. Perfect. And how can we find you? Yeah, like growingspaces.com is the best place to start. Uh, we try to put as much information on the grow domes as possible on that website. We also have a Shopify page so you can kind of see a little more specifics on pricing. So you can see shipping, installation prices, options. You can kind of create your own quote. But again, we do encourage you to call and, and talk through it with one of our Growing Dome advisors and any questions or concerns you may have, they're going to help answer your questions. And that's how I actually started with you. I actually phoned you and I talked to a dome advisor. He was really informative and really on top of it. So what's that phone number again? Uh, it's 800-753-9333. We're open Monday through Friday, eight to five mountain time. Perfect. Perfect. And then your website is? Growingspaces.com. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash growing dome, as well as a lot more information there. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.